0: Because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler here, here with you for today's VRA Investing podcast. Well, after yesterday's strong session, the pause resumed again today for stocks. But when you zoom out and take a look at the bigger picture here, the last few sessions really haven't been as bad for our markets as you may think. And yesterday's rally, of course, helped a lot. But this again brings us to the conclusion that this is the kind of pause that refreshes our major indexes, stocks, and sectors here. We had reached overbought levels on the VRA investing system, and now we see this as a consolidation after what has been just a very strong start to the year and going back even further, a great rally since the October 13th lows that we've been talking about here for some time. And right now though, our major indexes are really only down very slightly from their recent highs of 2023. We're talking between one and 3% or so. We're not near oversold levels yet, really still pulling out of overbought territory. And so we may still have some choppy sessions ahead of us before the next buying opportunity. But going back to the October 13th lows again, you know, our view that is when the markets bottomed and we are now in a new bull market and it couldn't have come soon enough following what we've seen in the last four years with three bear markets in the last four years, investor sentiment is just off the charts, pessimistic right now. And who can blame investors for being pessimistic? Who can, uh, who can blame the retail investor? All the way from retail to hedge funds. Who can blame them for being pessimistic after what we have just lived through in the last two to three years, right? From coronavirus insanity to a rigged election, the highest inflation in decades, and that's just a couple of the topics. So we entirely understand this pessimism here, but when everyone is this pessimistic when everyone is betting on the market to go lower, all the so much has gone too far to one side as contrarians here. We love to take the other side of that bet and it has served us well from the October lows. And right now our primary buy signals remain strong here. While semis and tech were down today, they've been leading from the lows, which is exactly what you want to see. Our key sectors and our key indexes are above their 200-day moving average. And we're getting, still getting, numerous golden cross buy signals. Our market internals continue to improve. I'll touch on that here more in a minute. And we have 76% of the S&P 500 now above the 200-day moving average with multiple bullish thrust momentum events. Talking about volume here, specifically in the internals. And then back to sentiment. Don't forget the AAII survey has now seen bears outweighing bulls for some 23 straight weeks. That is a record going back to the origination of that survey. We'll get the latest reading back tomorrow. We'll be talking about that on the podcast here as well, but also on sentiment investor risk appetite at its lowest level in 22 years, record amounts of cash on the sideline. Folks, these are all a contrarian's dream right here. So much pessimism out there. That's a huge recipe for a big move higher in 2023. Once we get through this pause, we expect exactly that. And we have one more piece of analytics for you here today. On top of all of the ones we've mentioned from the January effect to the January bullish trifecta that we just got where the market is higher 100% of the time one year later and following a down year for our markets. With all of those things in store, the average gains of 29% plus, we expect it to be that kind of a year for our major indexes. So here's one new one for you. We talk about this November to April period, the end of April. This is the best six months of the year to own stocks. That's no secret to anyone here who's tuned into our podcast for a while, but it's even better Following a midterm year, it is also never been lower one year later with close to 15% on average gains going back to 1950 thanks to Ryan Dietrich for that stat right there. So just another piece of analytics that tells us this market wants to go a whole lot higher from here. And one more good factor, even with Jay Powell speaking yesterday, talking about his interest rates staying higher for longer strategy from the Fed, what do we get today? Yields lower once again, the 10-year yield down 0.38% today to a 3.66%. And with the 10-year yield at that level and the Fed funds rate at a 4.75, this is the markets speaking clearly to Jay Powell saying, we're calling you on your bullshit right now. That's just the truth. As Jay Powell always says, they're data dependent. The fed never leads. They only follow. And what they fail to realize here that we've talked about quite a bit is that they cannot manipulate demand in a meaningful way for most people. You know, we talk about this here often. The interest rate effect is what they use to claim credit. For beating inflation. In reality, it's the fact that they turned the money printer off 12 to 14 months ago, right? That is the real reason inflation has come down. But the Fed thinks that their higher rates curb demand and lower rates stimulate consumption. That's the kind of the, the common belief about interest rates. But in the real world, things are very different, right? We aren't academics here. We're real world investors. The people that you hear from at the Fed have been academics their whole life. Their whole goal is to get one of these Fed chair positions and you can't get a Fed chair position unless you toe the party line. So you're never gonna hear the real world effects from these people, which are actually very minor. The fact is lower rates never cause people to invest. When people invest is when they believe there's an opportunity to invest, right? Maybe this helps in some small way, but it's not the big change that they want you to believe that it is. The Fed ultimately just needs to give up this idea of yield curve control. Let the free market get back to work, but make no no mistake, we don't live in a free market system. It is heavily manipulated and (laughs) all manipulation fails in the end. Uh, but it's it's stayed strong going back to 1913, but it's only gotten worse in recent history. All they can do from here is create more problems though. And we've seen it time and time again. The fed was supposedly created in part to end this boom bust cycle that we've been experiencing. But what they've done is really just space them out, creating bigger booms and bigger busts. And it's time for their time to end, really. And in the words of one of my favorite real economists, not the economists they put in front of you today like Paul Krugman, Ludwig von Mises. This is one of my favorite quotes. Go, this applies to any type of price control, whether it's for inflation or for yields for that matter. A government can no more determine prices than a goose can lay hen's eggs. <laughs> that's just the truth. And that's how we've seen it here for a long time. But that said, there's still so many ways to make money working with the Fed's manipulation. You know, you don't want to fight the Fed, but you really don't want to fight the tape. And right now, these charts are continuing to look stronger and stronger, even with this little bit of a pause here. So let's take a look at our market action on the day. We did finish lower across the board here, but overall, again, this pause has been very orderly compared to what we have seen in 2022. When we got news like we've gotten lately, whether it's from the Fed, jobs reports, earnings, if we had gotten this news in 2022, the market would have sold off hard last year. That again, just shows the resilience of this market here. And again, we see this as the pause that refreshes ahead of the next big move higher. So looking at our major indexes on the day, Our leader was the Dow, if you want to call it that, Uh, still down six tenths of one percent, just over that to thirty-three thousand nine hundred and forty-nine. We were followed there by the S and P five hundred, down one point one percent to four thousand one hundred and seventeen. And I've seen a lot of technicians talking about this. Um, We've talked about it some here on the podcast. There's a lot of support at this forty-one hundred level here. We want to see this level hold, and so far it has. Uh, Next up, the Russell 2000, down 1.5% to 1,942. And lastly, the NASDAQ, our laggard on the day, down 1.68% to 11,910. We did get to the lows of the day about 45 minutes before the close, but our major indexes were able to finish off the lows of the day. Not by a lot, but still, that's what you want to see. Overall, though, we are... Still near those overbought levels on the VRA investing system. So we're going to use some patience here when adding to positions for our leverage ETS. We continue to monthly dollar cost average on our VRA 10 baggers to learn what those are. Join us for 14 free days right now at VRAinsider.com. We'd love to have you with us. And as always, send any questions that you have in to support at VRAinsider.com. We love hearing back from you on this, but we expect any market weakness here to be short-lived. We are buyers on dips, and we continue to see this, as I mentioned with those analytics earlier, as the kind of year that has the potential for 30% plus upside for our major indexes, specifically the S&P 500. So next up, looking at our internals on the day, declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, roughly two to one negative combined NYSE and NASDAQ, but 52 week highs to lows, continue to impress here coming in positive again today. And we've already had more positive days from this indicator in less than a month and a half than we did in all of 2022. And on a day like today where the Nasdaq's down nearly 1.7% last year, we would have seen about 500 stocks hitting 52 week lows today. That number was just barely over 50, and overall we came in over three to one positive on the day, combined NYSE and Nasdaq. So great, great um, readings that we're seeing here from 52-week highs to lows. Lastly, volume did come in at roughly two to one negative for both the NYSE and the Nasdaq. Next up, looking at our sectors on the day, all 11 S&P 500 sectors finished lower on the day. Uh, our leaders, if you want to call them that again, were real estate, healthcare, and financials, while our laggards on the day were communication services, utilities, and technology. Uh, it didn't help that we had Google down over 7.5% on the day-to-day. That's its own stock. They're just very heavily weighted in those sectors, uh, whether it's tech or communication services. Uh, so no, no big surprises there. And finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Gold, which has had a very impressive run. Even after the most recent pullback, we're still up some 15% or so from the 2022 lows. And remember, last year, gold lost less than the market did. So it did its job as a store of value. Now it's time for it to be an earner. And we're seeing it in international markets here. This is very interesting. While gold couldn't get back above $2,000 an ounce here in the U.S., We're seeing either new all-time highs globally, priced in other currencies that is, or at least nearer than we are here in the U.S. to an all-time high. So for example, gold priced in Indian rupees hit an all-time high this year. And on the other charts as well, whether it's the euro, the yen, or the pound, all of them much closer to an all-time high than we are here in the U.S. and they're breaking out right? Just like we pointed out the S and P breaking above that downtrend line from the last year, gold having the same effect now breaking out from their downtrends in other currencies. So when you look at the global global picture, it's very bullish. (coughs) And as we say here, often new highs begets new highs. So we look for that to spill over into the U S gold market as well today, gold Now up 0.18% to $1,888 an ounce. Silver now up 0.77% to $22.34 an ounce. Copper down on the day just less than 8 tenths of 1% to $4.04 a pound. Oil now making its third update in a row up 1.72% to $78.47 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin now down 1% and back below 23,000 of Bitcoin at 22,968. Overall, whether it's Bitcoin or our markets though, we look at this as we are entering a new risk on environment here, and we wanna see Bitcoin getting back off to the races. But folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA investing podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. You'll see the sign up box there. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.